we are repentant. We are grateful. We are redeemed. We are prayerful. We are First Baptist Church. So, um, as I mentioned, I'll, I'm going to give out this book. This book is called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. It's, it talks about how Jesus wants to use your lives and even your very homes to tell that story to friends and family and neighbors, that God has commissioned us everywhere we go, even our own home. So, there is a chair, and in front of you, in the pocket, there will be the little witness QR code. There's only one chair in here that has it in the pocket in front. If you have that, or if it's close to you, go ahead and raise your hand. All right. Okay, great. Well, I need you to... Is that Rachel? Amanda? Amanda, come down. And you get to... I'm, not, I'm hesitating to say the word win. She didn't win. I'm giving this book. All right. I know you're like, we've never done this before. We've never had people like walk down in the middle of worship. It's your birthday? <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> well, listen, we, is, we really do want to equip you uh, to, to be a family of storytellers, to be a family of storytellers. Um, let me again say uh, welcome to First Dallas student worship team and choir. You guys have been a blessing to us. We're so grateful that we had the privilege again to join voices together, even though we, uh, we come from different cities. Uh, it is good that we are the family of God. And so thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. And so to bring everybody up to speed, we have been in the book of Judges the past several weeks, and we have been reminded of our own brokenness and rejection of God going our own way. That was the cycle uh, in the Israelites time and time again, and they would cry out to the Lord in, in God's grace and covenant-keeping love. He would rescue them by raising up a deliverer, a judge. And, um, and so that's where we've been. And last week, we looked at this song of Deborah, which is this incredible song of the story of God's victory and deliverance through these people that he had called and commissioned uh, to lead the Israelites uh, out of oppression from their neighbors. And we concluded that time with a commission of our own, that we too, as the church, the redeemed ones, sons and daughters of the living God, have been commissioned to be a family of storytellers, to sing that song of victory, that song of deliverance in the world in which we live. Our world is desperate to hear that song of deliverance that we have in Jesus. And so that's been our commission. That's how I've challenged you to bear witness to Jesus. And not just some of us, but all of us. All of us are called to that task. And we get that picture even clearer today as we jump in to the story of Gideon. But let's just begin off the bat and let's just all acknowledge that if you've grown up in church, and I know not all of you have, but you have heard your whole life that you, were, you have been commissioned to tell Jesus' story, to witness. Your whole life, you've heard it. And we think of witnessing in some ways. We've had some iteration of witnessing that we've seen. Uh, um, but let's be honest, we all have had our own objections, right? 
When we hear that commission of Jesus to go and to make disciples, don't we have our own objections? We might not say it out loud, but don't we press God on that just a little bit? Really? Me? Well, today, Gideon has some objections as well, and I think we have a lot to learn from Gideon's objections to God's call and commission in his life and then God's response. So will you stand to me? Stand with me. We're going to read Judges, just a few verses from Judges chapter 6, beginning in verse 7. Altogether, when they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. Then the angel of the Lord came and beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the clan of Abizar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. You may be seated. Father, bless your word, the reading of it, the receiving of it, and obeying it. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. And so this is the cycle. It has repeated itself once again, and the people have cried out to the Lord. This time, it's a little different in that before God um, raises up a deliverer, he sends a prophet to the people, and the prophet says, let me remind you once again. This is the text you just read. I rescued you out of Egypt. I told you not to worship the other gods in the land that I've given you, but you have not listened to me. And then he comes to Gideon. A messenger is sent to Gideon. This angel of the Lord is sitting under that tree. And how did he describe Gideon? Let me read these verses again. This is chapter 6, verses 11 through 14. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat to the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now we find Gideon hiding. Um, the reality is, is in their oppression from the Midianites, obviously things were not easy. Things were actually very challenging. In fact, the word of God says that people would hide in caves and fortresses uh, just to keep themselves out of harm's way because the Midianites. And this Midianite people, this semi-nomadic group of people would come in and swarm a land and take everything that they needed, people's crops, and they would just consume the land very literally and take care of anyone who was in their way. And so the Israelites were terrified and literally living and hiding. And that's where we find Gideon. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. So he is doing the best that he can to do the job that he's been given uh, so that he can keep as much as he can and save his life because he is fearful of the Gideonites, which is kind of ironic because what does the angel of the Lord call him? 
Mighty warrior, right? Doesn't, doesn't make sense. But it's here that we encounter Gideon's first objection or at least a complaint to the Lord. The Lord, the angel of the Lord had said, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. So Gideon looks around, right? He says, do you not see what I'm doing right now? Do you not see what I'm doing right now? I'm hiding. What is Gideon's response? Verse 13, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say that the Lord brought us out, out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and has handed us over to the Midianites. That's his complaint. Where have you been? Where have you been, Lord? You say the Lord is with us, but where in the world have you been? Do you know what it's like out there? I am scared for my life. I'm scared that I'm not going to have enough food to feed our family I, because they take everything that we have. He says, do you know what it's like and where in the world have you been? Of course, we already know the response to this. Now, the immediate response is going to be different, but we already have been informed. Right? How in the world do they get themselves in this situation to begin with? Verse 1 says, the Lord handed them over to the Midianites. And two, why did the Lord hand them over? Because they didn't listen to the Lord. And so it's like the writer just kind of included that answer before we even get to uh, his complaint or objection to the Lord. We know exactly why they're in that position. The Lord has handed them over because they failed to obey God, right? That's why they're in the situation that they're in. But what is God's response? The messenger's response is in verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have, with what you have, and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. What a response. He doesn't answer his questions outright, right? Essentially, God is saying, okay, you're asking where I have been, and you're proclaiming that I have abandoned you, but let me tell you, my answer to your complaint is, I'm sending you. You are going to be my presence and my deliverer, and I will work through you. Take the strength that you have, and I am sending you. My question for us is, how about us? When we think of this commission that God has called us to be a family of storytellers, to bear witness among friends and family and neighbors to the ends of the earth. Do we share a similar complaint to Gideon? I think if we're honest with ourselves, we do. I think we have the tendency, our rebuttal tends to be, Lord, do you know what it's really like out there? Do you know what it's really like out there? Do you know that any response or argument that we give to the world or our reason for, to believe in what we believe and objections to the things that are going on in the world, people just think we're haters, right? Lord, do you really know what it's like out there? Where have you been? Where have you been, Lord? Why, why has the world gone so far down that trail of rejecting you? That can be our complaint, can't it? That can be our objection. 
You know, historically, and I'm talking primarily about the church in the West, historically, when we have looked at the darkness in our world, what have we done? Hide in caves. We've isolated ourselves. We've, we've circled the wagons. We've even carried stones like the Pharisees. Remember, they dragged that woman in front of Jesus. Look how horrible she is. We even do that. We've done a whole host of things in our objection, our complaint, because of the world in which we live. And the reality is, God's reply, through the power of the Spirit of God and the testimony of His Son, He says, yeah, I listen, I am no stranger to the darkness in the world. I know what it's like. I know what it's like. But I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Listen, Jesus of all people knows just how broken this world is. He knows just how broken this world is. It's the the world put him to death. Right. He knows how hard it is and how dark the world is and how wayward the world is. But what did Jesus say um, to the Father in that priestly prayer? This is John 17, um, verses 14 through 19. Listen to this. It says, I have given them your word. He's talking about his disciples and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Sound similar? Just as I do not belong to the world, verse 15, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Verse 18, just as you sent me into this broken, dark world, I am sending them into the world. God's response to our complaint of just the condition of the world is, you want to know my solution? In the same way that I sent the Son, I'm sending you. Gideon says, do you know what the world's like out there? And God says, I know exactly what the world's like out there. And I'm sending you. What other objection did uh, Gideon have? What other objection did Gideon have? In verse, if we pick up in verse 15. But Lord, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. What is his complaint? I'm not strong enough. Are you serious? I can't do that. I'm too weak. I don't have the resources and the means. You call me mighty warrior God, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. Didn't you notice that I was hiding in this cave? All I know how to do possibly is thresh wheat. I've never maybe, I've never even carried a sword in my life. I don't know the backstory of Gideon. I'm just imagining what might have been running through his mind. I am not equipped. You call me warrior, but I'm the least thing from the warrior. I'm the weakest and the youngest of my family. Mighty warrior. But I can't, Lord. I can't do it. I want you to notice in in God's response. Let's read that in verse 16. The Lord said to him, what does he say? Say it out loud. I will be with you. 
And you'll destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. I want you to notice what God does not say through this messenger. He doesn't say, Gideon, you can do it. Gideon, I believe that you have the abilities. I think you have the means. You just got to figure it out, draw it out of yourself. You just got to find that strength and confidence in who you are and the abilities that you have. You can do it. God doesn't say that, does he? He doesn't say you just need more self-esteem, Gideon. Let's just boost that up some and then I can send you out. No, he says this. He says, I'm the mighty warrior. A mighty fortress is our God, right? I'm a mighty warrior, and I will be with you. I will be with you. God repeats that, that verse 12 in reverse. Remember from the very beginning, he said, he said, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. And so he kind of reverses that, kind of reverses that. He says, no, I'm sending you, and you're going to be a warrior among the Midianites. You're going to deliver them because I am with you. I am with you. And there are two parts, there are two parts to this response from the Lord. First, he says, I'm going with you, right? My presence will be with you. And two, it will be as if you're fighting just one man. In Gideon's mind, the Midianites, and you know, this wasn't apples to apples, right? I mean, the Midianites were overwhelming. They were a powerful group of people that have oppressed the Israelites. And so, but in Gideon's mind, it is insurmountable. One, I'm not even a warrior. And two, you want me to lead against them? But God says, I'm going to be with you. And when you go to deliver your people, it will be as if you're fighting just one man. The burden is not nearly as big as you think it is when I'm with you. Can this be our objection to? When God commissions us to be on mission... Uh, to tell the story of Jesus, like, like Tyrone says, that, uh, that, that all of our life and, and how we're seeking to follow Christ should be lived out in the now, right? God is a part of my, part of my life as a, a student or as a colleague or as a mom or as a dad, that I'm, I'm trusting in Christ in the now. And people see that testimony of life and hear it with my words. In that commission, and that all of life commission, isn't it also our objection that we say, I can't. I can't, Lord. Do you know who I am? I mean, gosh, what will they think of me if I talk about Jesus? I mean, what, what will they think? I mean, the world already thinks we're crazy and the world hates us. I mean, they hate us. By the way, Jesus said, listen, as they hated me, they're going to hate you. So that's not new. But we can have that same objection, Lord, certainly not me, certainly not me. I do not have the ability to do what you've called me to do. My home is a mess. I don't have the resources. And Isn't that Danny's job? I mean, isn't that Byron's job? Isn't he the guy in our church family that's supposed to tell people about Jesus? Byron, is it only your job? You hope not. Right? But we say, I can't, over and over and over again. Don't we all? Just too busy. I don't have the time to invest, and I don't know how. If I just had the right tool, I would, 
be able to do it. That can be our response, our objection. And what does God say to us? The response is the same that he had to Gideon. I'm with you. I'm with you. But not only that, he says, this will not be the burden you think it'll be. We wrestle with the I can't of not speaking the truth of Jesus and being a storyteller of what Christ has done. We, we say it to ourselves, I don't know how, I can't, I can't, I can't. And God says, listen, not only will I be with you, but also that burden that you're carrying is not nearly as insurmountable as you think it is. Because I'm with you. Not because you have some latent mutant gene that's going to morph into this ability to tell everyone about Jesus. It's not from within, it's from without. That we have the means to lighten that burden and do what God has commissioned us to do. Just think about this in John 16, 33. Think about this for a moment. Jesus is soon to commission his disciples. And it's not like these people had all the resources that they need. It's not like they were left with just this mightiness and equipping, right? Our resources. They didn't have bank accounts full of money to where they could go and do all of these incredible things, right? He, he left them, this group of men, obviously, empowered by the Spirit of God, which will come. But listen to what he says to them in John 16, 33. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. It's going to be hard. You're going to live in a broken world where people hate you. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Again, this was a ragtag team of men and other disciples. And he is saying, I want you to know that you can go into that world. I'm sending you and you can go into that world with confidence. Not because you're going to overcome the world, but because I have overcome the world. I carry that burden. I've carried that burden. Do you believe me? What did he say in Matthew 28, 20, after that great commission passage? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Do we believe him? Do we believe God when he says, I know I've commissioned you, of all people, to be a family of storytellers, to bear witness to me, but I'll be with you to the very end of the age until I come back? Do we believe him? Eventually he would tell his disciples, I'm not leaving you alone, but I'm giving you my Holy Spirit in John chapter 14. Listen, I said it already before, but listen to this. Our confidence to do what God has called us to do is not going to come by pulling up our bootstraps. It's going to be entrusting in the promises of Jesus and being empowered by the Spirit of God to know and believe that he is with us, that he has overcome the world. Confidence comes from him, not from ourselves. The last objection that Gideon has, um, 
is also a very common one for us as well. In verses 17 through 23, it says this. Gideon replied, If you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. So here's, here's Gideon's complaint. This isn't uncommon in some of these stories that we're very familiar with. Moses did this too. It's kind of a very common motif here, this question and our commission and question and response between the messenger of the Lord or the Lord himself. And a lot of times these kind of stories end with the demanding of a sign or assurances. In this case, getting is saying, okay, I get this. Okay, you're sending me to be the solution to the problem that's in our world. Uh, you, you are going to be with me. You're not going to leave me alone. In fact, uh, you're going before me that I can trust that you're going to help me in this process. And so the last objection is, okay, if that's true, can you really, really, can you really give me those assurances? Can you give me a sign? Uh, can you give me proof that it's really you saying this to me, that you're really calling me, and two, that you're going to be with me along the way? That you're going to do this through me. Show me a sign. Give me proof. I want to know that it's really you calling me to do that. And Gideon sets the conditions. He says, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to prepare an offering. I don't know how long this took. It wasn't like five minutes. He had to cook up some bread and a goat and all this stuff. I mean, it had to be a few hours. I don't know. But the, but the angel Lord says, well, I'll just hang out underneath the tree. Um, and he does, he comes back, he brings the offering, the angel Lord says, I want you to put it on this rock, pour it out on the rock, and I want you to pour the broth all over that, and then the angel Lord takes his staff, and as soon as he puts his staff near that offering, it is consumed by fire, and the angel Lord is gone, and it's in that moment that Gideon has all the assurances that he needs, well, in the exact moment, he was scared for his life, He's like, oh my gosh, I really am speaking to the angel of the Lord, and I could die. I'm speaking to the angel of the Lord face to face. I'm surely gone. I'm a goner. I mean, it's that moment he was humbled, right? Up to this point, let's be honest, Gideon's kind of cheeky. Like, are you really sure you are who you say you are? Do you really mean to send me? I mean, do you really know what it's like out there, God? I mean, come on, Lord. Up to this point, he's been kind of... There's a little bit of a sarcastic tone, kind of cheeky tone coming from Gideon, but not anymore. Oh, I really am talking to the angel of the Lord face to face. This is God's spokesperson here. He's terrified, but the voice of the Lord, I don't know how if this happened in his mind or heart or audibly, but even though this angel of the Lord had departed, the, the, the Lord said, it's okay, Gideon, you're not going to die. I've got work for you to do. But isn't that our objection too? Can't we also demand a sign? Lord, can you, can you just, can I have this uh, proverbial brick from heaven just knock me on the head and, and tell me that that's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing? I mean, is it really me or is it some, isn't it someone else that's supposed to be doing that task of storytelling? Doesn't that commission belong to, is that really my commission and is it really the Lord saying that to me? That can be our objection too. Gosh, but how gracious God is with our doubt. How gracious God is with our doubt. 
the reason we don't often experience the kind of victory that was promised to Gideon and the commission that God has given us is not because we lack the resources or the ability to do it. We do. We have to trust that to the Lord. But that's not the primary reason. The primary reason is because we simply lack obedience to do it. Surely not me. Surely someone else. I'm too weak. I can't. And therefore I won't do it. There's a beautiful story in the New Testament as the Gospel of John wraps up and he tells a story of, of Thomas. Y'all know this story. Y'all know this story. Thomas hadn't seen the resurrected Jesus. And so he had a lot of doubts. Is he really raised from the dead? That seems crazy. And so all the other, let's be honest, all the other disciples had faced their own doubts already, but they had already seen Jesus, so he's not the only one. But anyway, so uh, all the disciples and Jesus is in this room, and Thomas comes in, and Thomas has said, I'm only going to believe that Jesus is risen from the grave. I'm only going to believe unless I touch the holes in his hands and the holes in his side. And I want you to watch what Jesus does. Thomas walks in the room, and Jesus comes to Thomas. He doesn't stop and say, I can't believe you don't believe me. How you, you have little faith. Just get out of the room. Let's leave it to the real believers. No, he goes, right, what grace and patience and compassion of Jesus. He comes straight up to Thomas. He says, Thomas, put your hands in my side. Touch the holes in my hands and believe. And believe. The reason we struggle with this commission and don't experience the victory of Jesus in our relationships as we tell the story of Christ to others is because we lack obedience. And many of us lack obedience because we simply don't believe that Jesus is with us and that he's commissioned us to do that work. I want you to listen to these verses in, in John 20, verses 29 through 31, and then we will close. Verse 28, it says, my Lord, my God. It's kind of like that Gideon moment. It is, you are who you are. Say you are. My Lord and my God, Thomas explained. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Listen, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Will we believe and obey God's commission in our life? Will we believe? First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.